every year um, they organize a world pizza uh, championship and I decided to go there and um, you know compete myself and that was a great achievement because yes we did win uh, uh, first position in Australia and fifth in the world there were 778 competitors and 44 different nations. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep. There are few foods on the planet that create such heated debate as pizza, from the type of dough to the amount of toppings, and indeed the type of toppings. It is an art form, an experience that is often down to the eye of the beholder. But there is a chasm between an average pizza and a great pizza. What sets them apart? Lucio Di Falco is the owner of Lucio Pizzeria in Darlinghurst and Zetland. Lucio, how are you going? I'm very well, Anthony. How are you? I'm good. Um, you are renowned for doing amazing pizzas and you've won awards as Australia's best. What does it take to make a great pizza? Uh, look, a lot of um, uh, it's a combination of different uh, uh, things, Anthony. It's not just one uh, thing. Obviously, is uh, you got to spend a lot of time into it. You got to believe in what you do. Um, as I said, uh, it's a combination of different uh, uh, things. One of the main uh, thing is uh, uh, you got to have the dough right. The fermentation is one uh, of the important element that everybody should uh, uh, consider. Well, um, let's have a look at that first. T tell us about the fermentation and the dough and, and what, what, what do you need to do to get it right? So basically... Um, so basically, uh, we do a Neapolitan-style uh, um, pizza. Neapolitan-style pizza, they are uh, very different from any other pizza because the dough is soft, light, and has uh, um, a puffy age uh, um, around, right? Now, um, the lightness of uh, um, a pizza is a very, very important element to consider, whether uh, people like um, crispy base or soft base, but if the fermentation is not done right, we're starting on something that is already wrong from the beginning. All right. So we work on uh, uh, 24 hours uh, uh, fermentation with uh, um, only small amount of yeast. So in basically in our dough, we only use uh, a small percentage of uh, fresh yeast. Um, that's because we want the yeast to develop into the dough uh, slowly, uh, slowly. And the process of fermentation is done uh, naturally. So basically there is a difference of something that can be proved within three hours and something that is proved within 24 hours. We can get into the cooking of pizzas and the toppings and all of those sort of things. But uh, as you briefly mentioned, the style of pizza you, that you're doing, it goes back to your roots and you're, you're born and raised in Naples. Can you take it, take us back there and uh, back to your youth and when you first started getting interested in food? Well, since I was little, I was, I remember my mom uh, used to complain a lot because I always used to make a little bit of a mess in the kitchen, you know. And then at the age, and then at the age of fourteen, um, my relatives they had a couple of uh, um, pizzeria restaurant in Naples, uh, 
that's uh, when I was introdu introduced to the industry. So I started when I was uh, uh, 14 years old. Um, back then I was doing, I was a delivery uh, delivery boy washing dishes. You know, I started from uh, uh, scratch. And then because I always liked the industry, I, I never left since then. Um, so I was born there, grew up there, and uh, I've been in Australia for 18 years now. And I opened Lucio Pizzeria Darlinghurst uh, 13 years ago, uh, Zedland five years ago. Um, yeah, so we'll take it. Take us back to Naples and the sort of food from that region. Can you give us an idea of the sort of produce and food that you grew up on? Absolutely. Look, there is a lot of um, a lot to know. You know, from the tomato sauce, uh, San Marzano tomato sauce, from buffalo mozzarella, um, from uh, um, like the cherry tomato, the flavor of the sauce, the the flour, the dough, the olive oil. Um, you know, one of the main ingredients of Naples is that especially pizza wise is the uh, mozzarella the buffalo mozzarella is very uh, renowned over there it's quite very very good cheese to for pizzas you know even the tomato sauce the type of tomato sauce we have in Campania region it's uh, uh, it's quite sweet and um, one of the best tomato sauce that we have for pizza is San Marzano tomato sauce um, it's so sweet that there is no reason to add any more um, ingredients into it. You started your career in Naples and with your uh, relatives' uh, pizza restaurants. What, what led you to come to Australia? Um, back then, uh, um, I was working, obviously, um, in Italy, exactly on the north of Italy. And what happened uh, that um, a friend of mine, he was working for someone that he was, uh, he wanted to open uh, um, a Neapolitan-style pizza in uh, Sydney. Back then, there was no one that was doing this sort of a pizza. So they um, they called me and they proposed me to come here and uh, uh, work with them for one year. Uh, because I was quite young, you know, I was uh, 21. And, um, you know, I always liked to travel. I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Sydney and I'm going to experience, uh, I'm going to do a nice experience. If I like, I say, if I don't like it, I come back. And, um, yeah, so I came here for a year and uh, 18 years after, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, take us back to that time when you first arrived here. What, what was it like? Was it a bit of a shock what the food scene was like here compared to what you used to? Yeah, look, it was... Um, it was a little bit. It was a little bit hard, to be honest. Uh, now people. Now it's easy to um, to let people your product, but before uh, it was a little bit hard, you know, because the dough is different. Um, Australian back then, they didn't have many um, pizza, Neapolitan style pizza. The dough is soft, not much toppings. Um, you know, not chicken, not these sort of things. So it was a little bit, um, and me coming here, not speaking any words of English, um, I couldn't really understand why this product for some people was good for others. It wasn't really um, enjoyable or it wasn't really appreciated. But to be honest, uh, where I worked, we go after six months later, the place it got really, really uh, busy. 
you know, so the the the, the restaurant got really busy that you know uh, people start to and it, even thanks to the media, you know what I mean, uh, because bringing from uh, Naples the tradition, the flavor, um, the authenticity of something from Naples straight to here, um, it was it was something that it was never done before. You know what I mean? So that's why the restaurant was it got really busy after. You mentioned that you've had uh, your your first restaurant for thirteen years. Tell us about. Uh, creating that and and what led to the opening of your your own restaurant yeah so um, you know um, I always had the dream of um, opening something on my own and um, as soon I go my PR like like as soon I go permanent resident here in Australia uh, that's when I decide to open my own uh, pizzeria and Darling has this great area because it's very residential, it's cozy. Uh, we are underneath this building that is called Republic 2. Um, there is a big piazza um, with underneath this building, there are another few other restaurants. So there is a very good uh, um, vibe, especially in uh, summer. So I opened this restaurant 13 years ago and I'm still there. <laughs> what's, what's been the challenges over the years of running your own establishments, especially with two sites? Uh, look, uh, um, especially uh, the challenging her running to business so far has been good. I got my wife that is looking after Darlinghurst, and uh, um, I'll go. I usually I look after uh, Lucio Pizzeria Zerland, so it's working quite well. A part of um, you know COVID situation, it's, it's you know it's working. It's, it's going good. You mentioned that you um, started learning to make pizza when you were 14. Can you, can you take us back to that time and, and some of your earliest pizza memories? Yeah, look, it was, um, it was um, back then I was, uh, I was working with my auntie in this, exactly in Poggio Reale, and my grandma was there doing whatever she had to do, you know. Uh, but I was like always... Uh, a free bird running around here a day and I remember also my grandma not even my auntie my grandma used to scream me a lot because uh, I would start something and I wouldn't finish it and then between the pizza and the heart I would take my my break and going somewhere um, but in the same time I had such a good time and um, it was a, such a good experience and is uh, thanks to them uh, thanks to them uh, uh, that I um, achieved all this so it's all um, thanks to them. In, uh, in 2018, you uh, were named um, best pizza in Australia and, and fifth in the world. Take us, take us through that time and, and what it took to, to get that accolade. Look, thank God, uh, um, since I opened Darling Hest, we, um, we won quite a number of um, um, awards. Six months, uh, six months I opened Darling Hest, uh, uh, we won the Sydney Best Pizza from Sydney Morning Herald Good Food Guide, um, Time Out Magazine, uh, I think four years ago from Gambera Rosso, which is an international uh, uh, restaurant guide. Uh, that even voted as Sydney Best uh, uh, Pizza. And one of uh, uh, our last and biggest achievement was uh, um, in Parma. Every year, um, they organize a World Pizza uh, Championship. 
and I decided to go there and, um, you know, compete myself. And that was a great achievement because, yes, we did win uh, uh, first position in Australia and fifth in the world. There were 778 competitors and 44 different nations. Tell us, tell us what you cooked that day. No, that day, basically, in a Holland-style pizza, all you have to do um, is you got a choice so, uh, to make oh, either a margarita or a marinara. So in a Holland-style pizza, all you have to do is they really look into uh, the main uh, key is the dough. The dough, the way the pizza is cooked, um, that's what they look into it. So it's all about the dough for this sort of uh, category. You mentioned earlier about what it takes to ferment and um, create a really light, fluffy dough, which is vital for for a pizza. Um, tell us, tell us about the toppings and the sauce and the sort of temperatures involved to to get that ideal Neapolitan style pizza. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, once the fermentation is done the right way and uh, you're happy with that, um, another very important uh, key that we have to consider is the oven. Yeah, Obviously, if uh, people have a wood fire oven, that um, helps a lot because I believe anything that is cooked in a wood fire, you get a different whether it's a fish, meat or pizza, you get this sort of uh, uh, burnt flavor, you know, timber flavor, smoky flavor, which uh, helps... Um, the pizza to get much more uh, flavor into it. Uh, so it does help. And also the temperature of the oven has to be a certain degrees to make sure that you get a nice, soft, uh, uh, fluffy um, age. Yeah, usually we work uh, with a really high uh, temperature, around 450 degrees. And uh, to cook this sort of a pizza, it only takes uh, 90 seconds. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a really, really fast uh, um, cooking. Um, yeah, so, and I, I also believe that it's even the type of timber that you use that it makes the flavor even more, uh, stands out more. You can smell the, you know, the smoky flavor of the timber. So it's there. There is all also these all these little elements here and there that people need to be um, careful about. You know what I mean? Having a pizzeria in Australia, you would have many challenges with the sort of toppings. Do you have Do you have firm opinions on what should always be on a pizza and what should never be on a pizza? Look, um, I'm a little bit open mind to be honest. As long things make sense. I don't mind to sit on the table and have a discussion. Um, <laughs> what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, your question is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm over mine, like um, with certain things, to be honest. You know, uh, last week, for example, we did a new pizza that was a great achievement, you know what I mean? And it has nothing to do with uh, tomato sauce and mozzarella cheese. You know, we did something a little bit uh, different from uh, normally what we do. Um, so, but as long we respect the Italian gastronomic, gastronomy um, it's fine for me to me mixing the ingredients it's also uh, a knowledge but as long the mix um, makes sense and they match together I don't mind to uh, to be open mind and having different top toppings from the you know from uh, the normal toppings that we have every day on the pizza 
Can you give us uh, some examples of some of the combinations that you think have worked? Yeah, look, um, last week I launched a new special uh, on the pizza, which was uh, a success, like it was uh, uh, pumpkin um, provola, which is uh, smoked mozzarella, has a little bit of uh, um, smoked flavor into it, um, duya, which is a kind of a salami puree, like salami, but it's a little puree, it's extremely hot, and uh, sausage mince. You know, the duya with the sausage mince, the uh, pumpkin cut into uh, dice, and the smoked mozzarella, really, to me, really works really well. And it's different, you know, it's not usual topping that you would try, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. If we play around with ingredients that it makes sort of uh, sense and when you taste it, it's uh, Jesus, not nice, you know, the smoking flavor, then a touch of uh, a heat from the spiciness of Nduya, you know what I mean? It, that's why it's nice to be open mind, but has to has to work together the whole combination of ingredients. As one of the world's best pizza makers, what what's your favorite um, toppings for a pizza? Ah, look, uh, I never get tired of uh, margarita. I know it sounds sometimes boring, but it's, for me, the combination of the tomato sauce, the mozzarella, the fresh basil, and the drizzle of uh, uh, olive oil, for me, you can't beat it. Like, you know, and uh, hot, hotter it is and better it is. This type of pizza should be eaten, has to be eaten straight out of the, straight out of, out of the oven. Mm. Pizza is uh, one of the food products that's renowned for home delivery. Is it something that you try to avoid for those reasons, that the temperature is so vital to the eating experience? Look, I, yeah, I always invite my customer to come and uh, enjoy the night. Um, and have uh, a pizza, uh, you know, on the table there is still uh, fuming and smoking and hot. Uh, but not everybody has the chance of going out and, uh, uh, you know, people busy nowadays. So um, it does change this sort of um, style when the pizza is, uh, gets cold. It changes in flavor. So, um, uh, but I believe anything changes in flavor when it's cold, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so anything that is hot, uh, it's slightly, it is, it is, um, um, it tastes better, that's all. You have uh, two venues at the moment that we've touched on briefly. What, what sort of impact did COVID have on, on your business and and the time since? Um, big, big. I hope we are. This is the end of it. To be honest, it was very, uh, it was very challenging. Um, has been uh, tough. Has been scary. Um, but you know, um, to be honest, I never gave up. You know, um, I never gave up, and uh, it was a tough time, especially at the beginning. Uh, even though we did some uh, uh, delivery here and there, it wasn't really um, enough to um, support um, the businesses, you know. But the good thing about it is uh, um, in Zedland, I had this idea which um, helped us 
um, a lot helped us to go through uh, COVID, not for long, for three, four weeks, but it did help. So basically back then, right at the beginning of COVID, um, I don't know if you guys remember calls, uh, they ran out uh, pasta, they ran out tomato sauce, they ran out a lot of things. So one day I went to calls. Because I'm in uh, in Zedland, I'm in um, uh, in a shopping center, right? And uh, so one day I went to calls and I didn't see any pasta, I didn't see any any tomato sauce. I didn't. And going back to the restaurant, I thought about it. If there is no pasta, probably there is uh, high demand. You know what I mean? And because in Zedland we do fresh pasta, we got a big machine that can do uh, like uh, big. Uh, big, big um, load of pasta on uh, every hour, I say, you know what? I'm going to have a stand in front of a course and I'm going to make my own sauces um, and I'm going to make gnocchi and I'm going to make fresh pasta because course doesn't have any. So I spoke to the manager and uh, he, gave, he gave me the okay and that's what we did. Overnight, within um, two days, I spoke to my boys. I said, boys, this is... Uh, the situation. I spoke to the chef, to everybody. I said, this probably will uh, help us and help you more than me, to be honest, to, to go through whatever it is, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, you know what I mean? So uh, at the beginning, it would be hard because to prepare everything, like it's, it was a lot of work involved. And because I go, I go like a, such a good team and, uh, you know, solution we do, if you believe this is going to work, we do what we do. Like, uh, let's start. That's not a problem. So we worked overnight, to be honest, and um, enough to have enough production. And it did work. Like within uh, one and a half day, we had the stand day, we had uh, an upright two-door glass fridge with all the pasta, spaghetti, gnocchi, sauces like arrabbiata, puttanesca, Napoli sauce, uh, uh, pesto sauce, like the fridge was full of. Uh... And the good things is the community, not just like that, they was shocked of uh, this idea that came overnight and um, it did help us go through, to be honest. So it was a good idea. <laughs> Have, have, have you made changes that have uh, remained because of what's happened in the last year? Uh, look, COVID, um, um, yes, slightly. Uh, then now within uh, my restaurant in Zedland, I'm selling fresh pasta as well and sauces. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So COVID did, did change, uh, especially for some business, the structure of... Uh, the structure of running a business it did change that what about you uh, personally you have friends and family back in italy and uh, a challenging time for your businesses here in australia how, how have you felt and um have you had any correspondence with people back in italy and what's happening there um, anthony we live in the best country in the world by far um, the reasons why I say that, yes, I did speak to a few people over there. I did speak to a few friends that they are in business like me and they go restaurants. Um, we do, I do believe we live the best country in the world. Um, we did this industry as hard as uh, uh, it go. Uh, we did get some sort of uh, uh, support from the government that uh, uh, helped us 
uh, going through. Um, although I believe uh, the challenging starts now uh, and not before, you know, but even before the government did help us with JobKeeper, with the best that we had to pay, uh, rent relief, like all these sort of things. Talking to a few friends over there, they're still complaining and fighting and um, like, you know, they didn't get the help that was expected and they didn't get, you know, um, these are sort of, uh, when I tell them, I share them these, you know, what we, what the government did here, like they're not gonna, they don't believe in me, you know? So the government here helped us a lot, you know? Which is, was good to see, you know, like it was good to um, see a business uh, open, you know what I mean? Even though I think we should get more help now than before, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? Um, because I think the challenging is more now than before. Because before, really, uh, what the government did, it just helped the economy, um, the economy, you know what I mean? Because for us as a business owner, we, it didn't make any uh, difference because it's not like uh, uh, we made any money. You know what I mean? Uh, like JobKeeper, it was good. It was such a good idea, but all really helped, helped my employee. You know what I mean? So the government said, rather than uh, sack your employee, we pay them. Um, the base, we didn't have to pay. But even if I would have closed the business, really, uh, I didn't have to pay the base. I didn't have to pay JobKeeper, and I didn't have to pay the rent. So, but what the government idea was to uh, for the economy to run the economy. You know what I mean? So we, we, we help you to stay open. And uh, But the challenge for me is now because... Obviously, not having a strong cash, a cash flow as before, and now that everything is going back to normal, tax-wise, rent-wise, people they're gonna suffer more now than before. You know what I mean? Before it was uh, it wasn't easy, but it was easy really. You know. What sort of support would you like to see um, to help businesses now? Look, probably uh, the the same support that we got in the past, just because for me, what scares me is more to recover. You know what I mean? Not having a strong cash flow, that means business failure. And uh, now that everything is going back to normal, you got to pay the rent, you got to pay your employee, you got to pay the base and the base that was scares me the most to be honest so if we could get some sort of support uh, the same support that we got in the past for another uh, i don't know how long as long like uh, but that, that would that will help a lot of businesses that's for sure otherwise a lot of business that will go in trouble you arrived here um many years ago and you've had uh, one of your restaurants for 13 years and the other for five years can you compare what food is like now in Sydney and particularly um, pizza compared to the early days when you first arrived? Oh, um, yeah, look, um, after 13 years, a lot of changes has been, Australia came a long way. Um, now there is, uh, there is a lot of, um, lot of restaurants, yeah, a lot of competition, which is good. Um, there are a lot of new uh produce um back then we didn't have many choices 
yeah back then there are there were not many pizzeria not many italian restaurants i remember back then there was not a middle class italian restaurant it was all really bad or fine dining that's that was the choice yeah but in the last uh, in the last seven eight Ten years, um, you know, having the middle-class Italian restaurants where, you know, even if you don't have a, a tablecloth uh, on the table, you're still able to eat a nice plate of a pasta at a decent price. Before these didn't exist. Before it was all really cheap or really expensive. Um, Back then, like um, now, we got a lot of uh, good produce, guys. Australia came a long way. We do have uh, such good, um, you know, uh, compared to many years ago, um, you know, we do have good um, olive oil. Um, we do have good wine. Um, so I think we are, uh, Australia is, came a long way to compare to many years ago. And now, as I said, there are many, many uh, choices for, for consumers. You, you spent over a decade building your uh, brand and identity in Australia and you're, you know, one of the very best in the world. Um, but the last year has been challenging. What, what, what's your hopes moving forward and do you have any plans that you can share with us? Yeah, the plans is moving forward, guys. Um, we need to be positive. We need to be positive. We do live uh, in one of the best countries in the world. People need to feel more confident and confident to uh, go out. Um, they need to help the local business more than ever. Um, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be fine. Um, it is going to. I hope we're going towards an end. Um, COVID is, I believe, is gone, and I hope so. Um, the plans for the future. Um, uh, I am. I'm, I'm opening a, a cafe very very soon. So. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very positive. The the laugh that you did after that makes it sound like it may be a crazy idea or a great idea. Can you <laughs> no. tell us a bit about it? <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it is a um, um, crazy idea, but um, everybody has coffee in the morning, even during COVID, you know. I think COVID, coffee shop probably within my uh, industry was the only sector that it was busy you know what i mean busier than uh, busier than uh, than ever um yes i got this good location in uh, kensington that uh, you know in a corner position nice little uh, small uh, uh, place and it's very residential and um yeah so in 12 weeks hopefully uh, i'm gonna be opening a new coffee shop Wow. Where we're going to do breakfast, lunch, cafe, and stuff like this, yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Well, that was a, that was a surprise. I didn't realize uh, <laughs> you had that on the cards. Uh, Lucio, amazing to catch up with you, and congratulations on your success and, and, and what you will do in the future as well. Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds. Please keep in touch, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much for having me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram 
at deepintheweedspodcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.